0: What is up, fellas? Welcome back to Commas Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. I literally went MIA the last two weeks. Um, I was off traveling, a very last minute, like, impulsive trip to Japan with my siblings. It was really fun, and then I went to Mammoth. So I literally just went MIA on, like, YouTube and this podcast, which... I very much apologize for But we're back. We're back in action. Today's episode was so much fun with Allie Feller. She's the host of Allie on the Run podcast, which I'm sure a lot of you guys already listen to on the regular because it's a great running podcast. Today's episode was so fun. We talked about like the business behind the podcasting scene, um, how she got into it, how she got into running, some running hot takes, a lot of like different tangents in this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Quick little shout out to one of my favorite sponsors, Track Club Atelier. It's presented by Pittsburgh Track Club. It's a new clothing brand that has modern and fun designs on loungewear staples. For runners but they're not just for runners they're for all track athletes they have cute illustration designs for throwers jumpers multi events and more i have the white heptathlon crew neck obviously i do not do the heptathlon but seriously like the designs are so so cute and they update the shop with new items frequently so fans of the sport can express themselves with items like shirts that say running time trials won't keep families together and totes that say you can go to hell. I'm not going to Eugene again. And you can find the shop at PittsburghTrackClub.com. It's also linked in the show notes. And you can use code EMMA15 in all caps to get 15% off your order. I highly recommend. Everything is so cute. Go check it out. The link is in the show notes. Now let's get straight into today's episode with Allie. All right, here with Ali. I'm sure most of you guys that listen to this podcast probably already listen to Ali's podcast as well. Um, so I'm sure you're already familiar with her, but Ali, welcome to the show. Um, do you want to just like give us a little bit of a rundown of who you are, what you're about?
1: I absolutely do. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here and get to chat with a fellow badass podcaster, though that just sounds like I called myself badass. I was calling you badass.
0: Okay, but you also are badass. So <laughs> thank you so
1: much. Uh, I am Allie Feller. I'm the host of the Allie on the Run Show podcast. I am a race announcer. I announce at start and finish lines of races, including the Boston Marathon, New York City Marathon, all kinds of good stuff. I have a newsletter. I just talk about running all the time. Like I somehow have made a career out of talking about running. I am a mom. I am a wife. I am a dog mom. And I live in New Hampshire with my
0: family. Nice. That's like a good breakdown. You are like very multifaceted. Um And I don't know how you handle it all because I feel like that's just a lot on your plate. So I give a lot of credit to you. You know, I can barely handle myself and I literally am responsible for me. I don't even have a dog. So
1: (laughs) yeah, you're doing great. Also, I'm like 10 years older than you. I'm 37. So, oh, yeah. you know, we all have phases of life and there have been phases in my life when I have been all in on work because I am totally a workaholic. I love what I do. And so I do it a lot. And there have been phases of my life where certain things take a backseat. Like there's no balance. Everyone wants to talk about balance. There's no balance. There's just seasons of when you prioritize different things and, you know, just doing my best. You, you should see my inbox. You should see the number of emails I haven't responded to and the number of, people who are like hey ali just following up for the third time and i'm like the ultimate inbox delinquent so you know i'm not doing it all over here don't worry don't be fooled
0: i i like fully resonate with that though because i'm the same way we're like yeah it's like the following up for the third time type of email and it makes you feel like so guilty but then i feel like everyone kind of does it sometimes yeah you know it's not all the time that i let people like email me thrice in a row without replying yeah. um but you know, sometimes seasons of life it gets busy, you just don't prioritize the emails. Um It's hard.
1: Yeah. And I hate emails. So
0: I think we all do. Especially if you're like in a creative um creative job, I think it's totally. a little bit worse. But yeah. Um okay, well someone also said, "Do you not drink coffee?" That's oh correct. my god.
1: I know. I know. I feel like a fraud being here. Um I don't drink coffee, and that's for a few reasons. The main one is just that I've tried it like once. Like My dad is a huge coffee drinker. So like growing up, our house every morning smelled like coffee until like 10 a.m. And I like coffee flavored things. I love coffee ice cream, but I tried my dad's coffee once and was like, no, don't like it and never looked back. And I'm sure I could find coffee that's delicious and that I love, but I'm kind of just like, don't go there. Like save the $4 a day or whatever, you know? Um, I also have Crohn's disease which gets my stomach going anyway. So I feel like coffee and I probably wouldn't mix, but I'm just telling myself like, just don't, just don't do it.
0: Yeah. That's a fair. Hey, that's but a point. But I support
1: point. it. Like I support <laughs> your passion wholeheartedly. I I love going to places like Duncan. I use their bathroom every day on my run. <laughs> so I'm a big supporter of the coffee industry
0: in my okay, own way. I love that. I, I agree though. Like some part of me deep down like wishes that I never, like in college, started drinking that coffee because I don't think I would have, like, I don't have an addiction per se. I just like enjoy it so much. And I, but I can actually go days without it without like having a problem because I think I just have like a lot of natural energy, whatever. But like, I just love the little routine. But I kind of wish I didn't start because then I would have saved the four dollars a day and it's fine. Yeah. You know, we all if pick it our makes you
1: happy, exactly. If it makes you happy, do it. Yeah, But yeah, people ask me all the time. So I work these races and on race days, we have to be at the start, usually at like around 5 a.m. Um, some usually between five and six and people are always shocked when they find out. Cause everyone is just chugging coffee on those mornings. Like everyone working at the races is just like injected into my veins and people always offer like, Allie, do you want coffee? And I'm like, no, I don't drink coffee. And they, they, you would think that I just told them like, no, I actually have like 65 toes or something super weird and they can't understand and i'm like do you see how much energy i have right now at 5 a.m just like bottled up and ready to go can you imagine more of this and then they're like oh yeah good point Pop down so, <laughs>
0: yeah hey hey i think that's a flex like like that is a big flex that you have that much energy and you don't need the coffee because some people yeah, that i do crash you really struggle okay yeah. But every, I mean, even if you do have coffee, you crash eventually, especially exactly. if you're up at 5am working, you know, we're
1: all doing our best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: uh, okay. Well, I kind of like with this episode, I feel like I want to get into a, a bit of like the business elements of it too. Cause I'm just curious from a personal standpoint, but I know especially as like in a female in the running media scene, there's just like not that many women. I mean, it's becoming more prevalent, I think, to have women running media, but I think just like getting your perspective of someone that's been in it for a while. I think that'd be interesting. Um, But I guess like what started you in like the running world? Like were you a runner beforehand before you got into the media part or how did that go about?
1: Yeah, kind of they go hand in hand, not the podcast that came later, but I was not a runner growing up. I was a dancer. Running was the punishment that you did if you were like late or forgot your jazz shoes or whatever actively avoided it. I didn't start running until I had moved to New York city after graduating from college. And my roommate who I found on Craigslist, she was a runner and I was working in media, working in magazine publishing, making $30,000 a year, definitely could not afford a gym. I couldn't afford anything, uh, living in New York city, as you know. So she was like, Oh, running, all you need is a pair of sneakers. And I was like, Okay. But like the good ones are kind of expensive and then I'm going to get the GPS watch and then I'm going to get like the whole, you just need sneakers thing. Come on. We've, we've managed to overcomplicate this, Yeah, (laughs) but it got me out the door and I was hooked. I liked that. I could really easily measure my progress. Like I would run from one lamppost to the next, and then I would walk a lamppost and just keep adding lampposts on. And so as I started running more, I've always been a writer and that's what I was doing for work. I was working for a dance magazine as a writer and editor. And I was just like, ah, but I only want to talk about running. Like running is my whole life now. I'm obsessed. And so I started a running blog as one does in 2010. Everyone had a running blog. And so I started mine, called it Alley on the Run and would just write a ton every day about my daily run. And then I trained for my first marathon. And when I did that, the blog really picked up quite a bit, got a bit of a following So, that was always my little outlet where I could write about running, but it wasn't a job. It wasn't something I ever made money off of. I did like maybe one sponsored post ever, and they probably paid me like 50 bucks. And I was like, oh my God, that's so generous. That's so nice. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, I really appreciate it. You know, I'll pay you. I'm just so grateful for the opportunity. So, I did that. And then as I was sort of phasing out my time working at the magazine I was at, I was writing more for health and wellness and running publications. So I started writing for runner's world and women's running and self shape fitness, well, and good. Then I went full-time freelance. And then I was like, I think I want to start a podcast. And the reason for that was we had moved out of New York city, me, my husband and our dog, and I didn't have central park every morning and I didn't have my running buddies. And so I was lonely and I discovered podcasts and I really liked running to podcasts. Um, it was just, it was like running with friends. It was the next best thing. And it was kind of great because I didn't have to talk back, which sometimes when you're running, talking back is a little bit hard. So I fell in love with podcasts and it was just a case of me being like, not arrogant, but like, I could do that. Like, why not me kind of thing. Yeah. It's more of like, I
0: think it's more of a delusion where it's like, I can do that easily, but it's like, yeah, it's not that far of a reach, you know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, I have a background in journalism. I love interviewing people. I am obsessively curious. And that's a nice way of saying I'm really nosy. And so I was like, I could do that. And I wasn't into professional running at the time. I could have maybe named five professional runners. My goal was I was just going to interview my friends. Like I had a lot of running friends. I still knew a lot of people from the running blogging scene, which was totally a thing. So I was just going to talk to them and I started doing it as a hobby. I did it as a hobby for a year before I took on any sponsors. Like that wasn't, just like with the blog, the goal was not for this to be a job. It wasn't, I'm gonna work in the running industry. I was really happy as a freelance writer. And then the shift started to happen. I took on sponsors and I liked the podcast more and I was spending more time on it. And then I did my first live show and that was like a drug. I was like, this is so fun. Like an audience of people listening to me talk about running, like what's better than that? So yeah, it just started snowballing and I started getting more interested in professional running. I started inviting professional runners on the show and I was really shocked that people said yes. I think it was because like, there was nothing special or unique about my show. I think I just started it at the right time, which was February, 2017. And so I got in, I was certainly not one of the first, but I got in on the earlier side compared to starting one in 2023. And so I think that worked to my advantage. And over time I've just built relationships with athletes, with agents, with industry people. And yeah, I mean, like you heard earlier, have just more immersed myself in this industry with race announcing and just. I just don't shut up. I just never, like, listen to me right now. I'm just talking so much about running. I can't stop.
0: Hey, I get it. I feel like yours and my, like, path into media is kind of similar. It's just, like, very gradual. Like, it was never, like, something popped off. Like, you see with TikTok and stuff nowadays, like, people just, like, become famous overnight or whatever. And not Uh saying that we're, like, famous. But in the running world, you know, we're well-known in the media space, whatever. But it was just, like, such, like, a slow progression and, like, just branching out into different things and stuff. And I feel like that's what people... I don't know. A lot of the time, like they don't really see, I feel like they just see the end result totally. or whatever.
1: And like, yeah. especially
0: with the money thing, like you said, where you did it for a hobby for a year, just cause like you loved it. And that's the other thing. I feel like a lot of people just want to make money right away. And it just like the money doesn't really come right away. Like you just have to uh-huh. really love what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and a lot
1: of money, like people who are just starting out and power to them, like good for them. They're cashing in, but like there's a lot of people who are starting things now and like go viral and can right away charge a ton of money And there is a little part of me that's like, man, I have been doing this for a while. And I, I have a lot of integrity. Like I feel and know in my heart that I've done it the right way. I've been really consistent in putting out episodes, in working on the quality of the show, in raising my rates gradually over time in a way. And when I say raising my rates, like my, what I charge for sponsorship, gradually raising them in a way that makes sense and reflects the downloads and the numbers behind the show. So I'm really proud of what I've built. I don't often take a step back and actually reflect on that, but yeah, I think it's, it's great. If you come into media and you go viral for something and you can cash in and you build that into a career, like I support it. If if you're happy, if you're doing good work, I'm all for that. And I am a little proud that I've been doing it for a long time, just chipping away, working hard, growing the following over time. And I'm at a point now where I'm like, I'm not trying to grow the show. I'm not like, we need more listeners. We need more downloads. Like I'm pumped about the community that I have right now. I had a post on Instagram that like, I don't know what's the definition of going viral, but like (laughs) it got more attention than I was comfortable with. Um, like for me on Instagram, a normal post gets between like maybe a thousand to 3000 likes. And this one got like, almost 70,000 and it was terrifying and I hated it. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. And got an influx of new followers and an influx of new, uh, podcast listeners. And I was very like, no, 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 Like, not that I don't want you here, but like, we've got a good thing going. We've got like a great crew and a great community. And I was very, um, I was very nervous about that. I didn't enjoy it. I would, not I don't want to go viral. I don't
0: want to be famous. I just, I'm very happy in my niche. I completely relate to that because once you open your floodgates to something like that, like if you go viral overnight, you just get so many different personalities that come in and have no idea of your background, whatever, of anything. And it's like, you almost feel like you have to adjust to these new people, whatever, but you're like, but I like what I'm doing. And it's like, this sounds, I feel like this sounds bad to like a normal person because like a lot of people just want to go viral, whatever, because a lot of good comes out of it too. But I think, like you said, if you've been chipping away for a long time and then all of a sudden- I don't know, just, and you just have to adjust, like, immediately, I guess, if you have that many followers come in, um, yeah, and it makes, it would make me uncomfortable as well, and, yeah, like, it was scary, <laughs> yeah, and what you said about, like, you don't really care to, like, be famous, or just, like, get, obviously, like, in terms of, like, finances and stuff, it makes sense to get more listeners, whatever, blah, 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 but I'm the same way, where it's, like, now, I feel like, because we've chipped away at it for so long, whatever, I have, like, such a good foundation that, like, I don't really, I feel like I'm on cruise control almost, which is, it's such a nice place to be because after, like, grinding for uh, many years or whatever and just, like, being anxious about, like, I don't know, where's your money gonna come from, like, freelance stuff, whatever, just being, like, stable and having a good foundation of followers, like, I am very content, but then part of me feels guilty, too, where it's, like, shouldn't I just be reaching for more because that's, like, what everyone wants, technically, Um, but I don't know, it's just, like, a weird position to be in, but I think we have similar viewpoints where it's like all you kind of need is like your good base, whatever. And a lot of the time that's like very solid and stuff.
1: Yeah. And seasons of life. I feel the same right now. Podcast is, is kind of runs itself almost like I book the guests and I interview them, but like, we've got a smooth operation right now. I'm putting energy into other places and that might change in a few months. I might, you know, cycle that less live events, more focus on a new series on the podcast or something, you know, it's, Part of the joy. Uh, there's a lot of great and challenging things about working for yourself, but having the flexibility to chase my own creativity and like when something excites me to dive into that, I used to fight it a little bit and be like, no, I should do X, Y, or Z. Like do the safe thing. And now I'm like, F it, man. This is fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that comes along with stability too, where it's like you don't necessarily have to do the safe thing that you're like guaranteed to get listens, whatever, blah, 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 and then makes it a lot better, like, creatively, I think, to just focus on what you want to do. I'm curious, though, because, like, you've been, I mean, February 2017, like, that's really early, in my opinion, for podcasting before it became, like, popular, and that's, like, a long time of doing um, podcasts in, like, the same, I guess, niche. I mean, now you're, you've obviously been able to interview, like, lots of people um, from different walks of life in terms of The running world, but have you ever had times where you're like, I can't do this anymore? Like, you're burnt out at all? This is so bad, but no. Why is that bad? I I think that's great. That's great. Because I think people want
1: me to be like, yeah, I get burnt out and this is my self care routine. But I'm like, no, I'm still loving this. I get burnt out on just working a lot sometimes, or I get not even that because you know, I can step back if I need to, I have my hands in a lot of things and I need more help. And I've been saying for years, I'm going to hire people. And then, you know, uh, more emails come in and I get overwhelmed, whatever, like that's my downfall. That is for sure the biggest thing holding me back right now. But in terms of getting burnt out, no, there's still so many stories that I haven't heard that I haven't gotten to share that I haven't told. There are still so many guests I have not gotten on the show that I want to. It's exciting. I like it a lot.
0: Okay. That's so ideal though. That's like refreshing because I feel like a lot of people answer yes, you know? And even yeah. me, I feel like there's been times where I'm just like, I don't know. Like in terms of like, I mean, all like social media stuff that I do, whatever. Um, But I think also that comes the flexibility with being able to work on other things. Like if I'm not really enjoying the podcast as much anymore, like I still end up doing it, but I put more effort into like other areas of my job, which is nice. Uh, but it is refreshing to hear someone like you say like, and you, gen- you like genuinely love it and stuff. Um, yeah. I'm curious though, because you have like so many different guests, like how do you find them other than like the elite runners? Cause like the elite runners is like, you see a top race result and there you go. You got a guest in line, but yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, when it comes to the pros, that's, you know, they're out there, they're easy. We see who has the compelling story or who we want to hear more from, or who we want to get a different angle from. Right. I'm at a point I'm more than 600 episodes in, so I love having repeat guests I love following up, being invested in their journeys, like really getting, getting to know them. And then I think it's fun for the listeners who get to really cheer for them on race day because they feel like they know them. That's like the best compliment that I get is when people were like two years ago, I had never heard of track and field. And now I'm planning my Saturday around the NBC viewing schedule because, oh my gosh, I need to see what Emma Coburn does. Like that's the best. I love that. The more everyday runner guests, that for me is fun. I get a lot of pitches. I get a lot of suggestions and I'm just, I scroll a lot for better or worse. I scroll, I look on Instagram. I am just seeing what excites me. Who are people talking about? It helps when other people share stories. I subscribe to lots of podcasts. I subscribe to lots of newsletters. I'm very much entrenched in the running community. And for me the pros are like a small piece of that, but it's, it's the people that I'm racing with. Like I, I wasn't a runner until I was in my twenties. I have never run competitively in the sense that I am trying to place overall, or even in my age group, right? Like I am proud of the running that I do. And that's kind of the extent of it. So I like talking to runners who maybe have similar stories to mine, or runners who are starting running in their 30s, in their 40s, in their 50s. Like it's so cheesy, but everyone starts running for a reason. And I'm just really obsessed with learning what those reasons are. And like 50% of them are breakups.
0: Oh I my swear. gosh. Hey, I get it. I get it. Like when I go through, yeah, like a breakup situation, I completely like I don't, I use the term like over exercise. Um to fill the void like that's my like little thing it's just like I just I immerse myself into running immediately after because I just like it's the only thing that like calms my mind in terms of that and like distracts me so like hey I get it the physical pain it like masks the emotional pain (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh my gosh well I, I also get like the I don't know it's nice to have other people's perspectives outside of like the elite running world because there's only so many elites you know or people that are even training like that young to become an elite runner that like i don't know is are watching these people's stories like the majority of runners don't start running like you said until your 20s whatever as like a hobby whatever maybe they join their like random run club and they start getting into running and racing and stuff and that to me i think at this point in my life like after being in the elite running world for so long like i really genuinely like hearing their stories i think more than the elites a lot of the time because the elite running path like a lot of it is the same like to get into it and stuff it's like you run in high school, you were pretty good in high school, then you go D1, and then you go through the D1 program, whatever, you're pretty good, then you get a contract out of college, you join a team, whatever, blah, 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 you do one event, maybe, like, on the track, and then you return to the roads, and then you become an elite marathoner, and there you go, like, that's, exactly, and I love it, like, obviously, I relate to, I mean, maybe not the contract and stuff after, but it's, like, I don't know, I understand exactly what that path is, but I think it's so much more, I don't know, exciting to hear people that, like, discover it for the first time like you said like running from one lamppost to the next like that's just so different from my experience um that i find it like really interesting and very cool that like someone can get into running like later in life because i don't really even know what that looks like so it's just like a unique experience and i think what you do a good job is is at is like having those people on the podcast because it relates to so many more people than the elites relate to yeah so i think people just probably find a lot of comfort in that and like excitement do people like listen to those episodes like the same amount as, as the elites or do you it see It depends.
1: Uh, the downloads are so interesting. So, I mean, relatively consistent across the board, right? Like in the first 24 hours that an episode comes out, the downloads are relatively consistent. But then you see which ones are like getting shared and which ones are getting hyped beyond the usual, like the rabid subscribers who listen the day it comes out, which is interesting. Uh, there are certain people that are just podcast gold, right? Like th- there are. Okay. Can you name a few? Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you the three that I consider podcast.
0: Because I, I feel like I, I know what some people that you're going to say, but I'm curious.
1: Okay. Then you have to share yours too. Okay. Um, okay. Kira D'Amato.
0: I have not had her on, but I, I know that you have her on a lot and she seems very cool.
1: She's, she's a blast. And as many times as I've had her on, every conversation is different because she's just a riot and she's fun and she can go deep. Like she's relatable. She picked up running, not picked up, but like got serious again later in life. So she's a mom. She's podcast gold. Any episode with Kira spike in the downloads. Molly Seidel. Yeah, no exactly. There. That was I mean, that was
0: my number one.
1: That yeah, uh, Molly because Molly hits on everyone. She's funny, so I, I just said Molly hits on everyone. I meant like Molly hits
0: all the. Yeah, you know, everyone has a little bit of a that right. spot. She relates to everyone.
1: Right. Exactly, it's appealing to everyone in that you get the like you get the rabid subscribers who are listening no matter what, and they love Molly. You get people who listen to lots of running podcasts and know her story. So they want to hear more from her. Then you get the whole like, let's run sector, which is fun. You pull them in because they need to know what Molly's talking about. And they're not going to come back for later episodes, but they're going to come listen to Molly. And I'm like, I'll take your downloads. I'll Have take your downloads. I don't need any comments. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, Molly, Podcast Gold, and Colleen Quigley.
0: Mm-hmm. Colleen
1: yeah. has such a rabid fan base of young runners who just love to hear from her. I've only had her on twice, but, uh, she comes to mind because I had her on two weeks ago. I believe it was the same week that I had Chelsea Clinton on the show. And I thought like Chelsea's just going to crush the downloads. Cause that's kind of fascinating. And it wasn't like the most interesting episode. There's a lot she can't talk about. And I only had a short amount of time with her. Colleen blew her out of the water like I just checked right before this call because I was like I feel like I should like know what's going on behind the scenes before I talk to Emma and Colleen Quigley killing it there we Always. go who yeah, are I mean, yours those... who are you gonna say Molly well,
0: Molly's definitely uh yeah. like a good one I mean even before I had her on like the amount of requests I had for her to be on the show was insane and her sister too Izzy I don't know if you've yeah. ever talked to her but she's really cool too oh, and yeah. she did like, she did pretty well, and I like, I mean, in terms of downloads, but also, like, this the conversation was really good, because, I don't know, we have a lot in common as well. I listened. Um, what? Oh, you listened? I tuned in. Of course okay. I did. There we go. Oh, yeah, man. Um, thank you for the download. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, Anytime. Another one is uh, Lydia Keating. I don't know if you know her. She's, like, a TikToker.
1: Of course I know her, and I've listened to your episodes. I subscribe to your show, Emma. I'm a listener. Okay, but I'm a fan. see,
0: like, me personally, this is bad, but, like, I don't listen to podcasts. So... I don't, I'm just like not a, pod, a podcast listener. I wish I was like, I wish I ran to podcast because like you said, it is like two people talking and like, it's like friends or whatever in your ear. But like, i when especially when I'm running, like I just need like blaring music in my ears with like no pauses. Cause I can't, I don't want to hear my breath.
1: Oh <laughs> Well, I'm that with,
0: if I'm doing a workout,
1: I want music. Uh, like if I'm working hard, I need to just drown myself out. Lately, I've been running to the Top Gun theme song, which has really been getting me going. Um, okay. I know I'm surprised as you are, but here we are. But when I'm doing like easy runs or long runs, especially a marathon training right now, so I'm doing longer runs. I I can't have like oops, 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 the whole time. I need to mix it up.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. You yeah. and I, I think you and I are very different. Like I literally, there was a long run I did a couple of weeks ago. It was like 10 miles. I mean, it was pretty slow, but like, so it was like, I was out there for a long period of time. I'm not kidding. I listened to like hardcore dubstep the entire time. So like, there was like, it was like, genuinely, genuinely like like, to the extreme. And even when I I was running, I was like, like, this is a little excessive. And I think it's like making my heart, my heart rate higher than it should be. Um, But I like need it just to like, you know, drown out the thoughts and I don't want to give myself talk.
1: I get that. And I was like that when I started running Yeah. until I found podcasts. And now I just find the time goes faster. Just like running with friends, it goes faster. If I'm listening to music, I know exactly how many songs I've listened to. And I estimate that each song is like around three and a half minutes. And so I'm like, I got to listen to three songs just to get through a mile. Like, I don't know. I I can spiral
0: a bit with that. Yeah, That's fair. That's fair. And a lot of people listen to podcasts while running. Um, God bless them. Thank yeah. you so okay, much well, for your oh, service. The, the Lydia thing. I think people oh, like- yeah. Her on my podcast, first of all, we have so much to talk about. like I mean, you if you listened yeah, I
1: listened. I, yeah, I know I know times I tune
0: in. <laughs> I know I know I'm here for so it. We, we talk about so much mm-hmm. random stuff. And like literally, when I have, I mean, we're friends in real life. like we whenever we cross paths, which is rare, but we hang out in person. so it's like we're actually friends. But and when we like do the show, whatever when we hang up the like or when I stop the recording, whatever we talk for two more hours afterwards. Yeah which you could probably tell by just how the episode is because there's just, like so much random stuff and whatever. And I think her personality online is like very similar to mine. So I think people just like like to listen to us chat. I don't know. Yeah, I do.
1: I almost reached out to you. I forget if it was the first time you had her on or the more recent time. And I was like, I feel like I want to like reach out to both of them and just be like, you're doing great. So I forget which one, but you were both talking about like, kind of what. Like- Floundering isn't the best word, but you, I think you were feeling a little bit burnt out at the time or just overwhelmed. And you were talking about like the comments and hearing from people and beating yourself up. If you don't have a new video all the time. And like, as a creator, I so get that. And I was like, as your elder, I just want to reach out and be like, you're both doing great. Keep going. Take care of yourselves. We're here Yeah.
0: I remember there I remember was one episode where it was like, I don't think it was like negative. I think it was just like real. Like, I think we were both yeah. just like not doing our best. Um, and again, like then we talk for two hours afterwards about stuff. So I think, yeah, but I appreciate it. I mean, it's like, I know deep down, I think we just both have like kind of imposter syndrome. Like I know deep down, like we're doing a good job, but it's just hard, you know, being self-employed. There's just, You can spiral pretty easily in your own brain.
1: Oh, I spiral every day. It's, I put it on my to-do list. I'm like, at what time today will I go into my spiral? I was talking about my husband. I was talking to my husband about that this morning. I was like, my spiral wasn't until like 9.30 last night when I was going to bed. I was like, we had a pretty good day. And then it wasn't until I laid in bed, all relaxed, that I got a text message that just sent me. So it happens.
0: It happens to all of us. Okay. Do you like the part of like, because now you're basically, I don't know if you consider yourself an influencer, but like you have, like your own little brand of your own personal life and stuff on the internet. Do you, did you ever see that like happening and do you like that element of it?
1: Um, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I love sharing, I love yeah. connecting with people. So that's always been my thing. I am not someone who looks at my grid and is like, okay, I posted a pink picture yesterday and a red one today. So now to for my grid to look like, like no, Me I have never <laughs> changed anything about the way that I live for it to look a certain way on Instagram. Like I just, that's not me. And I do share a lot and that's my choice. And I love that. I love connecting with people. I love hearing from people having done this for a while now. Like there are people that I'll meet in real life and they'll be like, Oh, I follow you. You DM'd me about whatever. And I'm like, okay, Jen, like, what's your Instagram name? And she's like, it's runs with cookies 302. I'm like, Oh my God, it's you. Like, I love that. I love that connection. So The thing with being an influencer, which I'm fine with that term. People love to get super pissed at the word influencer. It's like, calm down. (laughs) I have learned to see that as a privilege, mostly just over the past couple years. Like I think the first time I thought of myself as an influencer was in 2020 with both the pandemic of being like, not only do I want to make good choices for my family right now, but people are watching. And this was like early pandemic when it was like, if you smiled for a picture in your own home alone without a mask on, people were like, yeah. like the other side, it, you know, like everyone was watching everything. Tensions were heightened. And then of course, when Ahmaud Arbery was killed and George Floyd, and we saw this huge racial awakening among, I will say among white people primarily, Mm -hmm. right. Everyone else knew what was going on. It was like us white people that were like, wait, what's happening. Um, and I say that as like that person, uh, that was big for me in just learning a lot about being more aware and being more aware of how certain things are perceived. One of my probably weaknesses is that I don't think before I speak most of the time, like (laughs) I say what's on my mind, and I don't think about how my words are going to impact people, uh, which is terrible.
0: That's like but I'm just scary just- for a podcast as well. I know, but in, I'm in control. Shows.
1: yeah, but I'm in control of the edit button, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah um, but live shows, that's a little different. Yeah, those are fun, but it's like I've had to, yeah. I've- it just makes me want to be a better person. Much like in the way that we say becoming a parent, someone's always watching. It's like that's kind of the same thing with being online and we i choose however much i want to share i think the hardest thing is that people think i share everything because i do share really honestly all the time because why wouldn't i like i learned at a young age lying is really hard because you have to remember your lies it's really easier to just like be yourself and tell the truth and with that comes responsibility with that comes the understanding that people will think they really know you they think they know everything about you i do a listener survey for the show at the end of every year and one of the things that I ask is like, where can I improve? And it's like, why do I do that? But I do. Oh. Um, and I hire someone to read these for me, and she okay. summarizes. That way, she's not. I'm not reading every single thing, but of course, I'll go in there, and I'm like, I'm just gonna read a few. I'll just read a few. That would um, be. I would
0: have to book out like a whole day of spiraling. It's so.
1: It's so bad. It's yeah. And I always do it when I'm already having a bad day, and it's just of it's course because it's like self sabotage. You just like want to make it a little worse totally. I'm like, I can handle this today. It's fine. And someone sent in a comment that was like, I could tell you were between therapists this year. Cause at one point I shared that I was like switching a therapist. Um, I was like, yeah, mine doesn't have her out of state (sighs) license anymore. So I'm switching. And as soon as I saw that it was a long comment, I didn't read the rest of it, but I was just like, that's so bitchy. Like, so, you know, you know, probably better than I do being out there and sharing, you have to know that, people will love you or you're just not for them. And some people will say she's not for me and they'll walk away. And other people will say she's not for me and I want to make her life hell from my basement. And that's their prerogative, I guess. It sucks. It doesn't make it easier. I've got like the thinnest skin you've ever seen, but you know, it's part of it.
0: Yeah. I think you grow thicker skin over time as well. Cause you just become a little bit more numb to it. 'Cause I don't yeah. really think I'd have that thin of skin. Like I'm pretty like not I'm not the most sensitive person in the world in terms of like, I don't know, in my life. Um, but I don't think anyone really prepares you to deal with like the hate that you get on the internet. Not saying that I don't think you and I get that much hate considering like the general population of social media people, but um, because we're not very like controversial and don't really talk about like controversial things. Should we? Um let's try right now. No, I like literally (laughs) can't. Like I literally run in the other direction. I like, I just, I don't know. I'm not good. I'm not just like, I don't know. I just don't really have that strong opinions about things. So I think when I see people arguing, I like flee in the other direction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We talk fight or flight. I'm like, even this morning. So
0: there's been like all this stuff going
1: on with our daughter's school. And it's like, there's so much drama and i would this morning i was like this is what i'm gonna say when i see this person i was like this is what i'm gonna say and my husband just like looked at me and i was like i know we both know i'm not actually gonna say that that i'm just gonna smile and be like have a good day but i want you to know what i want to say
0: yeah like you need don't confrontation yeah you need to make it known like what you want internally to say yeah. to people but then in the moment like i freeze up and i say no.
1: no i like smile and i'm like oh my god i love your outfit where did you get it <laughs> yeah
0: yeah. someone insults me and I'm like oh thank you so much I'm like really I like love yes. constructive criticism yeah thank you so much for noticing me yeah exactly what's like do you think that that therapist one was like the meanest comment that you've ever received or like do you have one no. that sticks out to- Oh
1: god no that is not even close to being the meanest yeah I know
0: no I mean there
1: are entire places on the internet just dedicated to being mean to people um and I don't go to those places but I used to and I've seen them uh, it's why I don't have Google alerts for my own name because I don't want to see anything bad.
0: I didn't um, even know that was a thing. And I'm definitely not subscribing to a Google. Yeah, alert
1: no, I don't Google myself. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, someone was like, oh my God, I saw that they wrote about you in Cosmo. And I was like, what? <laughs> Cause I don't know. Like, that's I don't cool, see... though. Yeah. It was, it was like podcasts to help you live a better life. And I was like, oh, that's generous. But I didn't know. And it was like from November too. It was, you know, it was a repost that they saw come up again. Uh, I don't want to see it. I have to have boundaries to some extent. Uh, people have said way worse things. I used to read all of it back when I started my blog, uh, not since I've had the podcast, but, um, my favorite, my all time favorite hater comment was someone after my husband and I went on our honeymoon. We got married in 2015 and we went on a honeymoon. We went to Kenya. It was like my ultimate dream to go on safari and we did it. And the people on the internet had a field day with this. And someone went through the work of pricing out. Cause I wrote a blog recap about like where we went and what, where we stayed and all that. And someone priced out, like did the math priced out how much each resort was looked it up. And in the end, they were like, I added this all up. I cannot believe Allie and Brian just spent whatever. I don't know what they said, like $18,000 to go on a trip. And I was like, you just spent all that time. If you had just asked, I would have told you how much it costs. It's not a secret. Also good for us. We work really hard and we went on an awesome trip. That was the trip of a lifetime and was a dream Bye. and that to me was such a lesson. I was like, people will hate you. Like people who want to hate you are going to hate you. Uh, so that's my, that's like my favorite hater comment. And then people just were like, Oh my God, that's so stupid. Give that money to charity. And I was like, dude, we give we give a lot to charity. Like we both give a lot to charity. We volunteer a lot. We're good people. We're also allowed to take a vacation with our own money. Thank you so much. Have a nice day.
0: That I didn't cry so over funny. that one. it was funny. Like you said though, like if someone wants to hate you, they will find any reason to hate right. you. Right, And make it known if they want to make it known.
1: This is also, okay, this is like a sick thing that I do sometimes.
0: Should okay. I admit this? Yeah. Yes.
1: Okay, so sometimes when I need a reminder that like some. People are just going to dislike you. I will go and look up podcasts that I listen to, not running ones, but like bigger ones, like Girls Gotta Eat, right? Like big popular ones. And I will go to their podcasts and I will look at their reviews and Uh-oh. I will sort by most critical because you can sort by like best, most popular, most critical. And I sort by most critical. So it gives me only the one star reviews. And I read the meanest things that people are saying about people that I like. And I'm like, this is insane. Like, this is so unfounded. How can you say that? Like these people are funny and they're great, and that to me is such a good reminder. And I know that's like a kind of a sick thing, that like a sick practice, and probably not healthy. But it reminds me that you're not for everyone. Like I don't pe- think, there I are don't people think that
0: who- that's that's not that sick. I think yeah. that's. I recommend it then. Yeah. But don't read mine. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one read mine. No <laughs> one go and read my one stars. <laughs> yeah. I will say I do get a little hurt when I get like a one star review. Me too. I haven't gotten that many because like it's not like I have like you know yeah tens of thousands of views like these other podcasts whatever but every now and then anytime i get like a three star i'm like oh it's I, my, I need to improve yeah i know it's not fun um the meanest it's kind of like the same thing like the most like interesting or like the i think the farthest that someone's gone to like be mean i guess in my uh this isn't a youtube comment Someone legit wrote a five-paragraph essay. This is like back in like 2019. So it was like one year after I graduated college. I had so much change within that year because it's like I quit running, whatever. I was really burnt out. I was just like dealing with a lot of like personal issues, whatever. But this person wrote out a five-paragraph essay of everything I've ever quit in my life in my YouTube comments. And I was like, wow, this guy like really like personally like hates me and he's done like research to figure out like why he hates me because I quit everything. Apparently I'm a failure and loser. Yeah. Um,
1: at the ripe age of 21, you should yeah, have no, mad literally I was 22 years
0: out. old. And I was like, yeah. okay, sue me. I like literally, and it was like that time period was like, I think it hurt me the most because yeah. it's like, I did already kind of feel like a failure because I like stopped running a little bit early because I was so burnt out. But then it's like, I have to be rational with myself and realize that it's like, it's not like I quit everything in my life. I literally, like, the only thing I've been quitting was that, like, year because it, I was just making a lot of changes after college, like. And even anyway. if
1: you did quit a lot of things, why does this who, random yeah, dude care? cares? It doesn't like, matter. What's but, like, happening? I, was,
0: I will always remember that one because it was yeah. just, like, so thorough with the research. It's, like, the same thing. I'm, like, wow. You'd be, like, thank you for paying my rent with your YouTube view. Like, <laughs> Okay, so you, you remember that.
1: Can you quote any of your best comments? Because you've received... Tens or hundreds of thousands of praiseworthy comments. Can you quote any of those verbatim? <laughs> I same. should say yes. I know that no. This is I'm the same way. I can quote anything negative anyone said to me, but I get amazing feedback every single day that I just like brush off. Why do I put way more stake in the one negative than I the does. tons? I know. I know.
0: We're like textbook right here. Yeah. I mean, I will say like. I think especially the in-person interactions that I have like I do remember some of those like I definitely remember like those yeah it's just different than having I mean it would be like if someone came up to you and started reciting five paragraph essay of what they did not like about you like you probably remember that for the rest of your life you know for sure so yeah it's just like interesting Um... maybe I'll
1: start a group text for for all the running podcasters and it's like hey this is a safe space for you to post the one-star reviews that people leave you the mean tweets. Like we're all here to support each other. Let's just laugh this off. Jimmy Kimmel style. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think we just all, um, I think we've all gotten a little bit better on it now that we've just I been, think so too. been more years into it and stuff.
1: Yeah. The internet is not a, not always a warm fuzzy place.
0: No, we but know I that. still enjoy it. You know, and just like adds a little spice to my life. Yeah. So <laughs> spicy as we get yeah, That's yeah, exactly. not that from spicy. confrontation literally, like in terms of like the grand scheme of the internet, like we are the least spicy like people. On oh there. yeah, no, no, That's I run sorry. from controversy. a little break in the show to talk about one of my favorite sponsors ever, gooder. Gooder makes twenty five dollars active sunglasses that don't slip, don't bounce, and are hundred percent polarized. The fact that they're twenty five dollars and one hundred percent polarized, They are the best sunglasses on the market. I'm telling you guys right now, I wear them all the time. I wear them when I'm running, when I'm biking, when I'm walking around. They're also just like very stylish. They have a bunch of cool colors and different styles to choose from. My favorite to run in are probably the wrap g's they're a little bit bigger of a model because they're made for cycling but i'm like literally obsessed with them and then basically any of their running models i also wear just like out and about because they're just very stylish and also i'm like very particular about what glasses i'm able to wear while i'm running because a lot of them you know they bounce all over your head but the good thing about gooders and it's probably why you see a bunch of people wearing them all the time is because they don't slip or bounce at all it is literally the best i'm a heavy sweater and summer well maybe not summer but spring is approaching very quickly like i'm gonna be very sweaty on my runs and i still am very sweaty on my runs even in the winter but they are very easy to clean which is something that i need because literally i need like windshield wipers on the insides of my sunglasses sometimes because literally my like eyebrows sweat a lot does that sound kind of gross whatever it doesn't matter because they're very easy to clean. I'm sure someone that you know already owns a pair of Gooders. They're literally the best. And if you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving combos over Cold Brew listeners free shipping on your first order. I threw a link in the show notes, um, and you can also just see me like on Instagram all the time wearing them, and on YouTube. You can go to gooder.com/coldbrew to get free shipping. Gooder also offers a 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. So go check them out. Find your pair at gooder.com slash cold brew and get free shipping. Now let's get back into today's episode with Allie. What other podcasts like do you listen to? Obviously like, girls got to eat, but like what other running ones? Do you oh, listen all to? of them. Honestly,
1: I subscribe to pretty much all of them because it's good to see what everyone's up to. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if everyone has the same person on one week, that's good to know. Um, you never really know ahead of time, which is tough. So yeah, I subscribe to like, all of them. I've been loving Des and Kara's podcast. That's got to be at the top of the list right now. Those two are so fun together. And it's just like a breath of fresh air in a space where most of us are doing interview style shows. And so definitely enjoying their dialogue. And then yeah, in terms of running ones, I subscribe to like all of them. But when I'm actually listening, I listen to kind of more pop culture-y stuff. Um, I love Be There in Five. That's a fun one. It's a solo show her episodes are like two hours long so they're great for long runs she's funny i don't think there's any show that i obsessively listen to every single episode uh it's a lot of picking and choosing if i feel like learning i like maintenance phase that's a fun one uh yeah pop culture zeitgeist stuff is fun Nice. Depends on my mood. Today I listened to an episode of Celebrity Memoir Book Club where they had a woman, they were reviewing a woman's book who used to be a part of the Mormon church. And that is very interesting to me. So there are so
0: many little niches of podcasting. Wow. So
1: (laughs) many, so many.
0: I know. Look at us all making careers here. Well, that's what that's like blows my mind sometimes. Is like that all these people, a lot of them are making like full time livings off of all this. Mm And like the money's there if you want to do it. It's just like crazy, like how many people make podcasts and make are able to make a full time living off of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I spend every day fully convinced that this is a bubble that will pop any day now. I feel like my career is fleeting. I don't know. Everyone's like, no, that's not true. But I live in a fear based mind where I'm convinced that. Every day I've peaked and I'm on my way down and I'm phasing out and I'm aging out. You
0: you and I are the same person. I'm like, you're young. You're just getting, no. Oh my God. You're young. I've I've said that literally every day since I like started my YouTube channel, which was 2017. But you make it funny. So it's fine. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I think with podcasting there, I don't know. It's just really saturated, but honestly, all of social media is really saturated now. Yeah. So. If okay, how are you there, adapting now? Adapting to what my my paranoia? I'm not. Just, I spiral. Just like I mean, because so much has changed since 2017. Like mm-hmm. obviously, way more people are doing podcasts now. I feel like video podcasting is just so prominent, even on YouTube. Like you don't really see people vlogging anymore. Like people either have really really long form podcasts or like these insane videos where it's like it attracts people that watch TikTok. So it's like you need to have bright flashing lights for 10 minutes. So I guess like, how have you adapted since 2017 with the pod? I haven't.
1: This is so bad.
0: (laughs) I have stuck with what
1: I feel I'm good at and what interests me. So Mm -hmm. I'm not on TikTok. I don't do reels. I am very overwhelmed by anything video related unless someone else is doing it for me. But I also am not going to respond to that email from that person who's like, I could do this for you. So that's never going to happen. So I kind of feel like I hate to be someone who's like, I stay in my lane, but I think as media has evolved, I have stuck with what works for me, which is the podcast is the core. I like to post pictures on Instagram. I just launched a newsletter in November because I missed writing and I didn't feel like writing on my blog because I don't really use my website and honestly there's like bugs on there that I don't know how to fix and so I was like I'll just start something new. So now I have the newsletter as another creative outlet and I am just doing what interests me and knowing that I have a really awesome and loyal community that is engaged and is really kind and really fun and really excited to be here. And I'm not trying to do everything. I'm not trying to be everything to everyone anymore. I used to try that, but I can't do all the things. Like I, I went through a long phase where I was like, I should be on TikTok. I should be on TikTok. I should figure out reels. I should just do this, but I'm just like, I don't want to, like, I'm not someone who's going to videotape, videotape. That's not even a word (laughs) anymore. Like, I'm not going to see how old I am. I'm not going to like prop my phone up in a tree and put it on video mode and run by it. Like it's not there and then put inspirational words or voiceovers over it. That's fine. That lots of people are doing that. It's just not me. And if my core, my like one biggest core value is authenticity, I'm not going to do things just because an algorithm wants them so
0: that's nice watch I wish... me
1: fade into obscurity no you're not like <laughs> see,
0: see you keep growing and stuff so obviously what you're doing works I just feel like it's it's hard to kind of throw it throw up that white flag or whatever it is whatever that totally. term is where it's like you just in your own head like it's not even like it makes no sense rationally because it's like just make the decision not to do it and move on or whatever but it's just like the constant nagging in my head that I need to do more like I need to get start doing better video podcasts. I need to get a freaking podcast studio and like start recording them putting on TikTok and YouTube and stuff or whatever and I had a similar thing with my food Instagram that I had for Mm -hmm. the last like since I started my YouTube channel so it was like five years running whatever I just hit a point where I was like I don't really want to do this anymore like at all and so I can't I like for six months it was kind of like back and forth like just like tugging in my head that I should keep doing it whatever but the most freeing thing I did was in my head just decide I'm not gonna do this anymore and throw up the white flag um and it was the best thing I think I've did for my own mental sanity it just seems like such a small thing and it does like it's just like a little switch in my head but it was so freeing um so I think to have that confidence in yourself and like I don't know just knowing that what you do like works and just trying not to think about the changing landscape or whatever, and trusting that things work out. I feel like that's a really good trait to have. So,
1: well, and let's go back to what we talked about. However, many minutes ago you asked if I ever get burnt out, I would, if I were forcing it. Yeah. If I were forcing myself to do reels, if I were forcing myself to go run by my phone 18 times until the self timer got me in the perfect, not down step, I would probably be really burnt out, but I think by staying focused on what you genuinely enjoy, that's why we work for ourselves, right? If we worked for someone else, we would have bosses being like, no, but you have to do this. And here's why that's the beauty of working for yourself. And you can always go back. Like yeah. you can always, if you're like, you know what? I really miss creating recipes. You can do that. You're in charge.
0: Yeah. That is Keep the very, very big pro of, of our career path. So yeah. huge privilege to be able to do this. For yeah. Sure. Okay. I'm curious, like for someone that is looking to start a podcast, because obviously like this day and age, I mean, you say you're not on TikTok, but like I am on TikTok and everyone's starting a podcast. And that's like a joke. It's like some people like should not be starting podcasts, you know, but what would be your advice for someone that wanted to start a podcast? I guess like in the running world too, because it's still kind of like a small niche. So there's definitely room for people. Um, What would be your advice? Uh, Why do you want to start one? Is it because you want access to
1: pros and you want to talk to them? Or is it because you see something missing from the running podcast space? I feel like so often I'll see someone be like, I started this thing, whether it's a a podcast, a magazine, a website, whatever they're like, because no one was talking about X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, a quick search there. Everyone's talking about this. Like, I think you have to do your research. I think it's great to have an idea and be impulsive. It's great to start something. Uh, I talked. Like you said too, I talked about launching a podcast for a year before I actually did it. Like I sat on this idea for a very long time. So I think it's great. Be impulsive, start the thing and work on getting it better over time, but do your research too. Yeah. What, what makes you different? What sets you apart? What's the show about? Can you commit to being consistent with it? If you want to have a successful show, you have to show up for your audience. They have to know that they're going to hear from you. You have to be dependable and that can be once a month or once a week or every day, doesn't matter. But communicate to your audience when they're going to hear from you and follow through on that. I think that's a big one. Um, And that's hard to do. And that's why it can also be great. Do seasons of your podcast. If doing it every week is a lot, have seasons and give yourself built-in breaks in between. That's a beautiful thing. Rejuvenate creatively. You need that step back. And I think it all comes down to authenticity. Show up as yourself and you'll find your people. I think if you're forcing yourself to be like someone else or to be really different from someone else, that's maybe not the best goal. I think the best goal is showing up as your best self and working on that and focusing on that instead of like oh man like Emma's so funny I should be funnier because I should be like Emma like Emma's Emma does those dances that I really like (laughs) I feel like I always respond to your Instagram stories of you dancing in your kitchen it's like my favorite thing a lot
0: of people like get just like comment on those um Uh, that's the content actually uh, watch those which is kind of cringe of me like I don't even know why I post them I just do because you're funny because you're just
1: naturally funny like that's what I love is I'm just like you're just like being funny. And I wish I knew what the dance was called, but I can picture it. You were like shuffling your little feet and it made I me I mean, laugh there's a so lot much. of like random
0: ones that I just hit, yeah. you know, to that music. Hey. Yeah. I
1: love it. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? Like if I tried to do that, I would just look so stupid and it wouldn't be funny. It would be try hard and it would be cringy, but like, that's a you thing that you do well and is funny and is authentic and is real and you know, we're past the point of the internet being this perfectly curated place. No one wants that. People can sniff out BS in a second. Just keep it fun and be you and, and do your research.
0: Yeah. I fully agree with all that. I would say consistency is a huge one, which I think people think that podcasting is, I don't know, maybe just, I don't think people realize like how time consuming it can be. Um, (laughs) like how difficult it kind of is to put out an episode I don't know every week like every month would definitely be a lot more doable but like every week I think is the norm um so I know a lot of people start podcasts and then they give up pretty soon after because they realize that like it's hard to find a guest or whatever for every week and like edit and stuff um especially when you're not making money like it just is a big time consuming thing which I'm glad I did it when I was like already self-employed because then it's like I wasn't really worried about the money element and it was during COVID. So that's why people started during during COVID because you had time. But yeah, I think the uniqueness factor is definitely like a huge one, especially now, like with just, it's more saturated in terms of just podcasting on the internet. Yeah. Like, especially, I don't know, running podcasts, like it can be kind of boring a lot of the time. Cause like, if you're just asking about people's times and training, like that just like gets boring after a while. Um, And respect the guest. Yeah.
1: So many of these pros, they're amazing for giving their time. But like I have to imagine that a lot of them are a little burnt out on going on podcasts. It's a lot.
0: Especially after like someone does well. I almost feel bad asking them to come on. Where I'm just like, I'm really sorry. But like Will you come on my podcast? Oh, yeah. I promise it'll be a, a, kind of interesting. We don't have to talk about your world yeah. medal. I really. promise it'll
1: be fun. And then I'm like, okay, the question no one's asking, where do you keep your Olympic medal? And they're like, for the 90th time this week, here's where I keep it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think there's room to tell a lot of the untold stories in running. So, you know, there's room. I love hearing about new podcasts. I'm all for it. I cheer it on. Uh
0: Yeah yeah sorry, I think sorry. I got lucky like because you say do your research and I fully agree with that I don't think I really did my research at all no, me um either. I think I was really banking just on like because I already had the following from YouTube and stuff I was like people just come from there or whatever but I think I'm just like very grateful because I think I already just had an into the elite running world which made it way easier to build my podcast on because it's like I already had personal relationships with all these people so it's like I already had that I don't know, untapped like personalities of these people that I could cap. That sounds so bad. I could capitalize no, on No, that's but very like, real. Yeah. I mean, just like showcasing that and stuff. And honestly, that's like one of the harder things I've had to navigate over the years is like, I don't want to have my friends on the podcast that often or whatever, or like I would never, when I was like living in Portland, especially like I had like a lot of pro runner friends. It's like, I wasn't shoving my YouTube camera in their face all the time. Cause it's like, I don't want them to think that I'm only friends with them just because I like have a YouTube channel or like, yeah. and I want to put them on, I don't know. I don't want to monetize my friendships. That sounds horrible.
1: No, so I, them, I get that. Yeah, I totally yeah, get that.
0: So, yeah. So it's like a very like odd thing to navigate and it's been kind of difficult for me, but I don't know. I think I've gotten like better at it and I don't, I think people realize that I'm not trying to make money off of them. So you're
1: doing great. I'll tell you yeah, I don't know why day. I like you're talk myself great.
0: down a lot too, I but know that's just like a, a more of a struggle I've had to deal with that's just like a very weird one but we all have our struggles you know
1: yeah I mean I don't know if you know this but this year I was between therapists so. oh
0: but were you, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah we all have our struggles I saw that in your uh one star reviews <laughs> when I was like sorting through it when you needed a pep talk yeah <laughs> People uh, are going
1: to go do that now. This is bad because I said that how many people listening to this are like, I'm going to go read Ali's one-star reviews. If you did that, if you're listening and you did that, will you leave a five-star review to balance see, it out? Yeah, that is the total, like, you right have thing. to buy a
0: ticket and then t- the ticket yes. to do that is a five-star review. And you have yes. to leave a little comment saying, I love you so much, Emma and Yes.
1: Allie. And then head over to Emma's. Okay. Yes. I love this. Look at how we just turned something silly and negative into something beautiful. Into something
0: that we can benefit from.
1: <laughs> exactly. Profit off of
0: <laughs> okay we don't profit off of reviews all right it's no but they help they do they do help it's podcasting is weird because it's like you don't really get comments from the podcast like
1: yeah so I the only
0: thing that i see really is reviews and like my podcast instagram whatever like sometimes i get comments on the photos but like I don't know for the thousands and thousands of listens. I get it's like you don't really get that much feedback out of it. Yeah,
1: that's why I love DMs. Like I don't because I mean I'm not great at them, but uh, that that's the best that people take the time whether they're sharing an episode or sending a message that's like, hey, I love this or something that resonated with them. That's my favorite. Yeah, Uh, the best is when it's an episode that you don't think much of. Like it's good, it's a great conversation, and someone's like, this is my all time favorite episode you've done. I'm like. Why that's so it like that's so interesting to me. and I love that, and it's a good reminder that something will resonate with someone. I used to beat myself up because for a long time, I was like, every episode has to be better than the last. every guest bigger than the one before. And it's like, that is not sustainable. Yeah. That is not a good idea. So something will always resonate,
0: yeah, that is very true. I feel like that's just a creative struggle that a lot of people have. You see that totally. you see that with social media too, and YouTube videos, mm-hmm. especially where it's like, if your video isn't bigger than the last one, then you're a failure, you know? So yeah. that's just part of the creative uh, work environment, I think. Yeah. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So, but I do have like a few hot takes that we can go over Um, that we can oh, do. Like, like, I'm like, so look, nervous. It's, they're not that bad. Honestly, I wish people ask like, people need to be more savage, I think. But yeah. runners are just too nice. I'm like, let's be nice. mean. Let's throw, let's throw the pot a little bit. Um, not really me though. Because I like, I run away from controversy. Like Same. I don't want to be involved, you know? So whatever, these are not that bad. Um, what has it been, well, I guess we kind of already answered this. The best guest in terms of like interview skills. Like, can you tell that someone's like been on a lot of podcasts?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, especially with the pros. Bless their hearts. They do so many that especially after a big race, they're talking in sound bites. They've yeah. answered these questions. Even if you think your question's different, they're answering in sound bites. Uh okay, I will say my favorite recent interview I did because it was so fun. Like we talked for almost two hours was Ellie Kemper who's from the office and she's Kimmy Schmidt from the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She ran the New York city marathon and we had so much fun. Like that to me is my favorite probably of 2023 so far. It's probably my favorite.
0: That is such a cool, cool guest. It was awesome. It was so fun. She's, I need to branch lovely. out I, I like truly need to branch out I think like I yeah. just need to start shooting my shot more of like getting guests like that because I've not yeah. really that's one thing for my podcast like I've not really done a very good job of like getting out of my comfort zone in terms of like pitching the podcast to people like I just really uh I don't know my network I'm just like all right who wants to come on but you know, I know and I can dm really quick and they answer and they say yeah I'll come on tomorrow
1: which sometimes you need Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you definitely need, need those. Yeah. I do exactly. Yeah, you
0: need the, yeah, you need those people. Um yeah. but I think it would be it's cool that you're like able to do that cuz like I don't know. You don't you know how people like, will say yes. Yeah, people will say yes. That's cool. Especially
1: someone like that, Ellie Kemper, who is incredibly well known, but no one asks her about running. They asked yeah. her about being famous or being a mom. She was just so excited to get to talk about running for an hour and a half. And it was evident. Like she was just like, oh my God. So fueling, like, you know, how when you do long runs, you have to like fuel. Let's talk about fueling. I have questions. Like she was a dream. It was, I had such a blast with her. So.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, someone said this one has the worst guest.
1: Oh, I can't answer that. You know, I'm not going to answer that. While we're recording.
0: <laughs> I, while, while we're recording.
1: Uh, I'm an open book. So there are a couple different things that can make someone not an ideal guest. That does not mean they are a bad person. But from a podcaster's point of view, the biggest one is going to be technology. If I can't hear them, if the sound quality is not great, if they're like trying to drive while we're talking, that right away. Has that like, happened?
0: Someone's driving?
1: Yeah, but then they pulled over, <laughs> which was also Weird. But um, so technology for me is going to be the biggest factor of like, I'm just going to be distracted as a host if the technology isn't cooperating. People are never rude. People are never like standoffish. I've had people who've been on the show who have been a little bit arrogant. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, that doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means I know that what they are saying is not going to resonate with my audience. And there's only so much I can push back because what I'm, am I going to question your life values? Like yeah, not you really have to, like, in
0: terms of that, or like some personality that maybe or like opinions that you don't really agree with. It's like, you kind of just have to sit back and listen and like, not really like right. do like, I don't know. Counter them. Hard.
1: Yeah. It's a hard line to walk. And it's one I'm trying to be better about. And I actually, someone did send me that feedback on this year's listener survey. And I appreciated it. Of they were like, I feel like you can push back a little bit. Like you're smart and you're savvy. It's okay if you don't agree with someone to push back a little bit. And I'm like, okay, oh my gosh, I'll do best. But like, I'll, I'll sandwich it between compliments. Yeah. But I do need to be better about that. And I want to be like, it's okay to challenge people's ideas. It's not rude or disrespectful. It's a dialogue. It's a conversation. I'm not here just to butter someone up with compliments. So that's feedback I took to heart. Uh, yeah, I've had people be arrogant and rude. I, I won't name names, but I will say that I did, um, a live show last year in New York City with two guests. One of them, absolute dream. Love, love, love her. The other guest was rude. The entire audience felt it. I felt it. The other guest was like did a great job rolling with it, but it was not good. It was not fun in a live show format and that I was just like can you just leave? Like I don't know what's going on right now. It was someone I'd had on the show before and had a really great conversation with. So I was like this will be fun for a live show. Like you're fun. You seem really like a good time and just just wasn't. And I don't know what happened about that. Maybe a bad day. Maybe like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was a bummer and okay. They're not a bad person. I won't have them on the show again. And that's fine. So yeah, I think that's the bigger thing is every now and then there's just someone that I know either I know isn't going to resonate with my audience or that I personally just kind of don't like. And that happens. I've done more than 600 episodes. I'm not going to like everyone. Yeah. just like Not everyone's going to like me but yeah. I wish they did,
0: <laughs> but I wish they did. We all five listen. stars, five stars. Um, have you ever not put out an episode like after recording?
1: Yeah. Um, is that, is that awkward though? Cause then it's like,
0: Oh, sorry. Yes. We're not going to put out your episode. It,
1: I haven't done that in a very long time. Um, yeah, but there's certain reasons. Like when I was first starting out, I recorded episodes with people where just the technology was bad. Cause I didn't really know what I was doing or it just, didn't work out so yeah I've had a few not many maybe five total in six years of doing this that I didn't put out and the funny thing is I know at least three of them then I did have on the show later and so it wasn't personal it was it was like technology it happens
0: yeah that's not bad then technology is like a little different like technological issues is different than like I don't know. Something that's like too juicy or like, something Oh no, juicy. too juicy. Give me, I'll,
1: I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is hard when like, if you have a conversation and you're just like, wait, I don't like you, or this isn't good, or this isn't interesting. Like that's something I struggle with. Like not everyone's a great speaker. Some people just come across as kind of dry. That doesn't mean they're not cool. Doesn't mean their story isn't compelling. They're just not always great at telling it. And that's okay. Some people are quiet and shy and that just doesn't translate to podcasts. Yeah. That's fine. Not every episode's the best one ever.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the, I think most of my episodes are like solid or whatever. Like the conversation flows pretty easily. There have been some where it's like more like, it's like yes or no answers sometimes. Not really like to that extent where someone's just like, yes, yeah, you know, but it's like one word, like one sentence. Yeah. And I'm like, like yeah. Yeah. all right give me a little more give me a little more yeah. like tell me a story please but that's like our job too as podcasters to right. like try to get that out of them or like make them feel comfortable enough mm-hmm. to like talk about it so exactly it like falls back on us a little bit um i think it just makes it easier when someone like you and i are podcasting together it's like i know that you do podcasts so you know exactly like what a podcast entails <laughs> yeah yeah we know what we're working with yeah oh gosh okay something that would surprise you about the elite running world that you've seen something that surprised, that has surprised me. Yeah, or that, no, that like would surprise like normal people that like aren't ingrained, I guess, into like, I don't know. It's not that
1: exciting. I think the biggest thing is like most of these pros, and I love them to death, but I always ask like, what's a day in the life like? And it's like, I wake up whenever I have breakfast, I go for a run, I sit down, and then I go for my double. Like, it's not a glamorous lifestyle. I think that's like the biggest thing is that, um, I also think the pros are a lot less neurotic than the everyday runner.
0: You really think think
1: so in some ways, I think that the everyday runner has found more ways to complicate running than professional runners. I think professional runners for the most part are pretty dialed in and they listen to their coaches and they execute Whereas the everyday runner, I think it's so bogged down in the gear and in the stuff. Like you go to any local 5k and people have camelbacks and they're wearing super shoes and they've got their watches and it's like, let's just run. And again, I'm all for doing what works for you. I'm not judging those people. I'm not like, oh my God, look at you. You look silly. Like, dude, do what makes you happy. I don't care. I just mean that we've found a lot of ways to make it harder on ourselves in the pursuit of making it better. The norma the blood tests, the, like all the things that are there to help
0: us. It's just running. I mean, I think I get it though. Like I get, because the elite runners, like you. we've been in it for a while, you know, we have, and yeah. there's just coaches that will tell you exactly what you need to hear. Like the best coaches in the world will tell you exactly what you need to do, whatever. You don't yeah. have to think about it. The everyday runner, if you're getting into running, like I would be so incredibly overwhelmed if I started running day one. If you look up on the internet, how to train for a 5k, all the different stuff that you get on there. Like, and then people tell you that you need like fuel during the 5k and stuff. Like, there's just like so many like different opinions. Like I get it. Why it's just so people intimidating. It. Yeah. It's yeah. intimidating. I would do it too. I would have no idea what to do. So I think it's just like, the I've been coaching. there. I am yeah. that
1: person. Like I was the same way. Yeah. My roommate's like, all you need is shoes. And I'm like, okay. So I, I went to the running store. Turns out I actually need a GPS watch. And then I'm going to have to upgrade to the new one next year. I need the best headphones. I need like, I need compression socks, which are different than compression sleeves. Like there's so much stuff that I think is designed to help us be the best when ultimately running is a pretty simple thing. And it's sometimes really I boring. Just,
0: honestly, like the, yeah. how to get good at running is really boring.
1: <laughs> run run faster sometimes and run, run faster sometimes like and run, time.
0: run a decent amount of miles and take yeah. and recover and eat well and sleep well and that's basically it and like even like pro runner workouts it's like it's never or like training regimen like it's never really that different no. at the end of the day um it's just more of it yeah exactly more of it and you're just more recovery time and that's exactly what it is yeah uh yeah the running
1: industrial complex
0: is you know
1: it's good I mean,
0: but I think pro runners are a lot more normal than people, like. Yeah,
1: they're just people.
0: Yeah, they're not really like superhuman. I think they just like know they're just like talented and they know what that what they're doing. And they've been And a lot of long. them
1: never wanted to be famous
0: or Instagram influencers. They just wanted to run fast. Well, I would say most of them because I don't think yeah. people are getting it I don't think people are running like 80 miles a week um <laughs> to be Instagram famous because you're not gonna get very far doing that.
1: Yeah. Well Maybe calling quickly.
0: I think people are the, like There's people that like go viral for like running every day for 5,000 days in a row. So it's like, there's ways to do it now, but yeah. To each their own. Yeah. I don't think that would be the way I don't think I would, if to be, if I, if my goal was to be Instagram famous, I would not start in the running niche. No, no. What would you start in? Challenge videos on YouTube or TikTok would be my go-to, but I have no desire to do any of that. Like the, well, you do one just for me. What, what one do you want me to do? I don't know. I'm not on TikTok, so I don't have any examples. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, there's like, I mean, there's like so many challenge t- challenge type of videos or like just things that like go insane. Like you see, you know, Mr. Beast is no only from hearing you reference them, which
1: I think was during your episode with Lydia. And I was like, I have no idea, dude. I tried to listen to your episode with Matt Wisner, and I was like, it's oh like my gosh, speaking yes, another language. Way. Like, I am so out of touch with the youth. Like, I literally don't even know. I don't know what you're referencing. I don't know what you're talking about. I feel, and I am not old. I'm not one of those people. Who's like, Ugh, I'm 37. I'm so old. I love being 37. That one, I did. I was like, am I
0: old? Am I an old okay. soul? I'm giving you credit though, because I feel like I'm in a very, very like middle ground between the my the older generation, which are like a lot of my personal friends, whatever people I like ran with in college and stuff. Like I would say, like upper twenties, like up like twenty five to upper twenties is older. I'm dying. Well, okay, well i will, whatever. It's all relative. A, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's all it's relative. Fine. I would say like yeah. twenty five to forty year olds. It's like I I can kind of relate because I like I don't know. I'm old enough, and I kind of grew up in the generation without social media, where it's like I kind of understand the references, mm-hmm. whatever. But then I also like, I'm in this weird middle ground where since, especially because of my job, I'm so tapped into like social media, Gen Z culture that I feel like I can relate to both parties. And I will say though, it was a little bit of a learning curve to like, and I feel like I really have to be tapped into social media to understand Gen Z stuff. So it's like, if you're not tapped into social media and you don't care about it, you're not gonna have any idea what people are talking about. And like, when I went to running camp, with like the new gen guys, like Matt Wisner and all of them, like, and I was hanging out with a bunch of high schoolers, whatever. I felt old because there was something, it was the first time in my life where I felt like I, there was some things I didn't understand. And I was like, but I also refused to let myself not understand. So then I just fully <laughs> engulfed myself into Gen Z culture. So I was telling them like after that trip, I was like, I honestly like truly think I was meant to be born in like the year 2000. Cause yeah, I was born I in 1996. And yeah, I think I that, that was just like, a little too old for my personality and like what I do for work. And I feel like I really relate to that age demographic a lot. And I love their sense of humor. So I think that's why like, but I just have to work at it. You don't have to tap in. Um, <laughs> I have to work at my youth. <laughs> I do. Cause I don't want to be, I don't want to be the person that doesn't understand things. Like no offense oh, to you, but I do. Sense. Like you're a mom. I like, own it. Yeah, but like I, I'm a mom. I am officially uncool. No, you're not uncool. It's just a different demographic, you know? It's like I nice. am a single woman that's in her mid 20s. It's like I can go either way, but I'm not quite ready to like be a homebody at this moment in time of like I don't know. I I just love social media too much where it's like I need to stay on top of it. I love that for you. <laughs> Keep it up and I'll learn from you. I like I have no yeah, idea what she's the, saying. Maybe like, that was her sounds episode. great. The Matt Wisner episode was like too, maybe a little too advanced. And sometimes Matt is a little too advanced. I wasn't advanced. ready
1: for it. I wasn't, I wasn't
0: ready. I wasn't ready yeah. for it, you know? That's okay. That's okay. Well, you know, I'll, just my references, maybe on in my Instagram stories and stuff. Well, like I'll keep you in the loop. Stuff. Thank you. Just create a glossary of terms that I need to understand. That'd be great. Thank you okay. so much. Do you know what the term Riz means? No. Have you been seeing that Wait. at all in Yeah. Okay. What does it mean? Do you know? Nikki Hiltz posted about it, I think.
1: Uh, they keep me young. No, I don't remember. Okay, Emma, but I feel like I saw it in New York Magazine and that's where I get my Gen Z news.
0: Okay. <laughs> from from a magazine?
1: Yeah. They used to be printed, but now I read it online. I pay $5 a month to support journalism. What okay, does it mean? As
0: you should. As you should. Um, you. Riz means like game.
1: Like you've got game or like I'm yeah, going like to a game. game?
0: Like I got Riz. And people say that seriously?
1: Or it's is like, it a joke? I
0: think everyone kind of knows that it's like Is strict. it like chuggy? No, like, I don't even know how to, chuggy has always been a weird word for me. Like, I don't really know how to describe it. Like, like Riz, like people know it's like stupid to say, um, okay. but it's just so funny because it caught on. Um, Imagine me saying it.
1: Imagine me being like, Emma Coburn, thank you so much. Welcome to the Alley
0: on the Run show. Girl, you've got Riz. Yeah. See that, like, see, it has to be. Yeah, like, pull it off. So Gen Z. Yeah. I don't, I like, I don't really feel like I can pull it off that well, but I still say it sometimes just because like, I know that it's like so corny, like, yeah, but you can pull that off. Yeah, That's exactly. So saying. I just do it in a way where it's like, I know that I'm like old fart and I should not be saying the word riz, but I'm then it's spiral like, funny like this, conversation. I keep...
1: <laughs> this is, this is going to be my spiral is so I'm just like, I'm irrelevant. You're not I've irrelevant.
0: You're not irrelevant. You have a good demographic of people. I honestly don't Who recommend tapping into Gen Z. It gets too, it's so overwhelming and it's way too fast paced. Like the, r- yes. the word Riz is going to be extinct in six months. So oh gosh.
1: at the end of the year, when everyone was posting their like year end reels, I was like, they're too fast. I can't even see all your pictures. <laughs> like they're, it's moving too fast.
0: See, that's what I mean. So I don't recommend you try to tap into it. It's too overwhelming.
1: I will leave that to you. And you just let me know if there's like terms that I need to know.
0: Okay. Riz is a good one. Like you'll see it maybe more often now. It's like that effect where it's like if you hear it once or you talk about it, whatever, you see it everywhere. So I'm going to send it to you every time I see it. Yeah. I like to call my, I told myself, or I tweeted one time that for Halloween, I'm going to be the Wizard of Oz. Because that's like what other people like. Then they like turn it into something like, oh, I'm a wizard. Like, or, or, like, someone, some dude at, like, Nike Cross Nationals called himself the Wizard, which I thought was really funny. And then... That's clever. Yeah, there's just, like, Wizards of Waverly Place. Like, there's just, like, people, like, just like to, you know, play on word. Wordplay. I respect yeah. wordplay. Yeah, exactly. you for it. It's all TikTok stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm so doing well. my best. You're doing great. Oh, gosh. Okay. I think I kind of, like, answered all of them.
1: Except Good for you, you, didn't
0: answer specifically the worst guest, but I get it. You know? But also, there. Mm, pass yeah don't honestly I would never answer that so I don't I just like to put people on the spot you know (laughs) and then run away if there's yeah we're we're trying to be salty and we can't even do it no exactly we're not mean we're too civil um (laughs) maybe that's what the running world needs though is like a little bit more people stirring the pot
1: I oh my gosh I've been loving all of the sprinters just like trash talking each other like I am here for it it's fun to watch
0: Oh, okay. Wait, one question. Like, what do you think the running world needs more of? Cause like, obviously still a very small sport. Like, what do you think we need more of?
1: Okay. So when you say running world, do we mean the sport and the running industry? Like, are we talking about the pros or are we talking about the running community and like the everyday runner who, you know, and running half marathons and 10 Ks and five Ks?
0: I hate that they're even separated. Like I fish. Well, the- and either
1: way, I don't-, I don't have an answer. I'm just
0: trying to buy time. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what... I mean, I think especially for pro running, like because it just is still so small and I'm obviously like passionate about it because I have a lot of friends that are in it, whatever. And I think that there's a lot of cool personalities and I wish that we, there was more money in it. Like, what do you think that people- Like, what do you think the sport needs more of? Like, is it the media stuff? Storytelling.
1: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I think a lot of people are doing a really great job in a lot of different ways. Like, New Gen is tapping into their demographic and doing a great job with storytelling. Sidious is doing a great job with storytelling, with sharing everything from workout videos to post-race live shows. Uh, I love all of that. And I think that's the key to bridging that gap between the everyday runner And the pros is, and that's something I think about a lot with the show is that's not my ultimate goal, but the greatest compliments that I got at one point in my career were in 2020 when people came up to me in Atlanta and were like, Allie, I never cared about professional running. I'm here at the marathon trials in Atlanta as a girl's trip, because we feel like we know so many people running. Like they didn't actually know anyone, but they'd heard them on the show. And that to me was like, so cool. That was such like, that wasn't something I was trying to do, but it had an impact. And so I think that's awesome. I love seeing people do more of that. I think you do an amazing job of that. And the more we can just share these stories, the better we once we get onto those main feed broadcasts, which they do a great job, and I really respect the people involved in those, both behind the scenes and on screen, but we tend to hear a lot of the same stories because they're trying to appeal to new viewers, and a new viewer who's flipping through the channels is going to be compelled to hear that Ellie Purrier St. Pierre grew up on a farm, but I then that, there's that all of my us. Number, my number
0: one example of like the overtold story in The Running World. I think that I mean, it's cool. And Yeah. But and Allison Felix is a
1: mom. I don't know yeah. if you do this. Uh, <laughs> and those are great stories, but the super fans could tell those stories at this point. Like we know that give us more. And I know that broadcasts work within certain constraints. They have a big audience to appeal to. So any way that we can bridge that gap, which I think a lot of us are trying to do so.
0: Yeah. I think like you work. said, it's like, it's not like our main goal, selfishly i just like enjoy hearing people's stories so like i feel like that's why i do what i do but it is like a nice little i don't know thing for the running world That it's like people get to know other people which is exciting um and since i'm involved in it whatever it's cool like i want all my friends to be able to like make more money and maybe they don't want to be famous i feel like none of my friends are running like you said to be famous really. Um, but you know, to get a bit bigger paycheck, I think we all wish that for our friends. So
1: hell yeah. And to just feel supported, especially yeah. on race day, no matter how the race goes, right. Yeah. Like we're not just cheering for the runner who runs. And I feel like we see a lot of that where we see a runner that we all love go out and not have the best race ever. I remember Des Linden after New York city marathon in the fall was like her, her post after was like, well, that was embarrassing because she had led the race for a bit early on and then didn't ultimately have the race that she wanted. And it's just like, dude, we love you. Like we support you. And I know that for you, obviously as a professional runner, the stakes are high. There's many reasons that you wanted to have a different result, but From a fan perspective, I want those pros to feel supported and loved whether they have the best day, whether they're Des Linden or they're Allie Cash or they're Nikki Hiltz or they're Ellie Purrier, like St. Pierre working on that. Uh, I just want them to feel that support.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think, I mean, I think media does a good job of that. It's like building that connection with people beyond the performance and so having support is nice for these people. We're all just super fans. We all yeah. just like love it. Yeah, exactly. So, good place to be. Um. Okay. The last I asked is, well, I mean, you listen to the show, but I always ask people like advice to their younger self. So what's your advice to your younger self? There are
1: so many places I could take this one. The first place my mind goes is because I was a young dancer um, I had a lot of body issues from a young age. I remember being in like second grade and thinking I was fat and calling myself that. And, um, I have a daughter now, so it's even hard for me to say that about my past self thinking that that could be her someday. And, um, so to my past ally, I would say, embrace your inner you. There's going to come a day when a boy that you are in love with is going to tell you you're too silly and you're going to listen to him and you're going to try to be serious. I'm going to tell you just ignore that. Okay. Like, be silly and be you because you have a lot to offer this world, I think. Um, and be kinder to yourself, but that's still something I'm working on. Um, I've gotten past the body stuff, which is good, but I am still really hard on myself. And so maybe if I told younger Allie that, then Allie now would be better at it. Start it from a younger age. Uh, and not to downplay whatever young Allie was stressed about, but like, it's probably not that bad. <laughs> it's probably not worth losing sleep over. Like, Hey, it's you're fine. here now. So and, everyone and, gets to the other side, you know? Yeah. And like Allie, no, one's going to ask you about your GPA. So chill. Like no one cares. No, <laughs> one's ever asked me what my GPA was in high school or college. I offer it up. Cause I'm, you know, obnoxious about it, but, um,
0: what was your GPA?
1: Um, okay. Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> Okay. So I graduated with a 3.86 from college, which was significantly lower than what I wanted. I was magna cum laude, but I wanted to be summa cum laude, but I took, I was a Spanish minor and I really struggled. I took Shakespeare in Spanish and that was really hard and that
0: really affected my average. That sounds, Yeah, don't recommend like, why does that exist? Yeah. Why, why does that exist? Like truly? why
1: did I sign up for it? I guess I'm not saying people shouldn't read texts in all languages. That's a beautiful thing. But what was
0: I doing? Yeah, what
1: was What was I hoping to do with that in life? So anyway, I did my best.
0: It's all right. That's a pretty good GPA. So I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um okay well where I mean again people probably already listen to your podcast and stuff but where can people check it out what's uh, what's your Instagram give us the I'm
1: yeah I'm everywhere I can't avoid me Alley on the Run show is the podcast on all major podcasting platforms uh give Emma Convos over Cold Brew five stars and then head over to Alley on the Run show five stars do your thing work your magic Ally on the run one on Instagram and Twitter. I have a Facebook group, which is the nicest little corner of the internet. Everyone in there is amazing. It's called the alley on the run show, best running friends, Facebook group. My newsletter is Allyontherun.substack.com. on the com. I'm everywhere. Come hang out with me and I'm hopefully announcing at a race near you sometime soon. Love that.
0: I know. I, I, I also don't really watch broadcasts, like running broadcasts. Um, so I need to tune in. When's your next like announcing gig? This weekend I'm going to Atlanta.
1: Uh, so I will be in Atlanta this weekend. I'm actually not announcing, but I will be on the broadcast. Atlanta track club is producing their own broadcast starting this year, which is really cool. They Atlanta track club is doing some really amazing and exciting things. So I'm excited to head down there. They are taking a chance on me, a relative newbie to live television, and I will be doing sideline and finish line commentary. So that'll be fun. Carrie Chavez, uh, Carrie Chavez, Carrie Chavez, Carrie Tollefson and Chris Chavez in the booth doing all the hard work and I'm doing the fun stuff on the sidelines. So that'll be really fun.
0: Hey, no, your stuff is hard. I've done post-race interviews and they're like difficult.
1: Oh, they're fun. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. It's That's definitely like my favorite different. Thing
0: to do. It's definitely different than like podcasting. Cause it, everything is very fast paced, you know?
1: Yeah. And you, well, you just a lot of improv. The runners are like barfing and you're like, so, how like, did you feel out In the
0: mic. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And I'm there's like, like, a sediment in your ears too. Like it's just a lot. It's chaotic Okay,
1: I hate an earpiece. I hate the earpiece. Um, yeah, that could be we could do a whole separate thing just on that topic, I feel like. Yeah, because I know. Earpieces like, like are sad hard. Because
0: this has gone on for like 90 minutes, and I feel I know, like I didn't even No, no, no. I it was great. I just we I feel like there's just untapped stuff. So you'll, you'll have to come on again and we can chat further. That about. would
1: be so that would be so res. So res?
0: Oh my god. And that's not even how you use it. Okay, you know what? In the next episode, that like, when you come on, we'll I'll give you a lesson. That would actually be a good segment. I'll give you a lesson on like no, how No, to- that's so embarrassing for me. Hey, okay, I didn't ask you that many hot takes, so I feel like you know we I gotta didn't. carry that into the next episode. Put you You're on. You're very kind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, to close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Oh my gosh, I've been ready for this the whole time. Peace out, fellas. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Commas Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. Like Ali said, don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Helps me out so much. And I love reading your guys' reviews, as I said, um, in this podcast. But seriously, they like make my day and they really help out. Also, follow us on Instagram at Convos Over Cold Brew Pod if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes and submit listener questions. Thank you all so much for listening and I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas.